0: All right, well, hello and everybody, welcome to the Ada Bible Church Beyond the Weekend Podcast, where we debrief each weekend sermon, focusing on extra points of connection and what there just wasn't time for in the sermon. I'm your host, Stephen Lewis, and I'm the pastor of spiritual formation here at Ada Bible Church. I help lead our children, students, young adults, and groups ministry. This week I'm joined by my regular co host, Amelia Rhodes, Amelia's Director of Discipleship Resources, and our senior pastor, Aaron Buer. How are you guys doing this afternoon?
1: Doing
2: well. Hey, we're taking the sunshine. It's great. That's yeah. right. <laughs> Almost March.
0: We will take sunshine in February any day we can get it. It, it right. has been so.
1: like the sunniest February in memory. I know. After the
2: yes. the
0: le- least sunny January in memory. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <we are>.
0: <laughs> You know, sometimes your blessings come in bunches. I that's think right. That, that's what they would say yeah. somewhere in the Christian world. Somewhere,
1: so. somewhere out there.
0: All right. Well, I'm thrilled to have you join us for this episode. Whether you're a regular attendee of our church, a visitor, or a listener from afar, we hope this podcast will challenge you to study God's Word and grow in your relationship with Him. Just a reminder, you'll appreciate this podcast the most if you've already heard the weekend sermon. So if you happen to miss it, I'd encourage you to pause this podcast, click on the link for the sermon in the notes, and I'll listen to it before coming back. But before we jump into the text and sermon, uh, this sermon was all about desires. So what's something as a kid you really, really wanted?
1: Oh, man.
2: <laughs> I've got one. Okay, let's hear <laughs> you it. You need a minute to think. When I was sophomore in high school, I played volleyball <clears throat> through high school. It wasn't, wasn't as good as you were, but oh, I played. Oh, come on. <laughs> but uh, I remember wanting really badly this duffel bag Ooh. to hold all of my gear. There you go. Black, hot pink Nike. <laughs>
0: That would play well right now, though, if you oh, still sure. had it. I know. Oh, sure.
2: And I I remember making my request known. My birthday was coming up. But I remember fully not expecting to get it, although I really, really wanted it. Name brand things yep. were not common yep. in our household. Yep. I remember thinking it was expensive. I'm with you. Just remember letting that desire go. I don't know. Maybe my parents would say different. Maybe I badgered them. But I remember asking. <laughs> my birthday's coming up late January. But I remember kind of not expecting to get it. So my birthday rolls around. Snow day, no school, no power. It's a very vivid memory. Opening it by candlelight, and there was that duffel bag. You Ooh.
1: got it, and
2: wow. I remember being so shocked and so grateful. Oh man, it had been such a big want. Then I really didn't expect it, so I just remember taking really good care of it and using it for a number of years. But... That's
1: fantastic. I wanted Reebok pumps. Never oh, yeah. got them. Never got them. <laughs> but, You know, that was those were pretty expensive back in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D Brown. We're rocking the Reebok that's pumps right. for the dunk contest. That's we right. just came through
0: All-Star Weekend, so a that's <laughs> that's right. little yeah, bit of yeah. flashback. Yeah. For me, it was the Nintendo. Oh, oh dude. I, yeah. did, I didn't have one, and all my friends had one. I didn't. My first video game system was the N64 when I was in high school. My parents were kind of like, you're going to waste your brain, which they were probably right. <laughs> and I pr- probably should be grateful, but they, yeah, no Nintendo for us. <laughs> yeah. So oh, man. I had Those to names. get, get all my times. Mario. Oh, and, uh <laughs> Duck hunting guy at Friends' oh, house. Oh, dude, so. the
1: actual gun with the Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days, man. Okay. We, we
2: broke so many joysticks. <laughs> yeah.
0: All right. Well, uh, this week, your sermon was titled Faith and Desires from James 4, 1 through 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amelia, can you give us a quick recap of the sermon points?
2: Yeah, we were in James 4. We talked about what we want, really all about our desire. What are the things that we desire? Where we go to fulfill those desires, where we go to get them, and then mm-hmm. how to get back to God, mm-hmm. how to get back to our proper relationship with him, which is really powerful. And then you close with four challenges at the end of yeah, yeah. submit, resist, oh, now, quick Pursue. Pursue. Pursue and yeah. repent. There so, we go. Yeah, There we go. That's good.
0: And it was fun to see this one come together because it's it ended up very different than it was on Tuesday, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, that's pretty rare. Usually it's some tweaking uh-huh. and things, but you, not that you change your complete direction, but you did make some substantial changes from Tuesday. Saturday
1: yeah it's a really funny process to uh, excuse me you know I sit down in a coffee shop and I write the whole thing and then when I read it to you guys (laughs) there's just some moments from like that doesn't make any sense (laughs) (laughs) or that is not clear at all you know and so that was like that both on Tuesday and Thursday where it's like wow this uh it's not quite there Mm -hmm. and plus the original version was about four hours long (laughs) oh man (laughs) so we had some trimming to do I loved um your addition of the
0: prodigal son yeah. father um, story, yeah. I don't know where that came from, but
1: it, well, it just uh, it just hit me. But you know, what was really funny about that, in my opinion. Anyway, is I was I was thinking, oh, the prodigal son would be great mm-hmm. uh, here, uh, and the image, the picture I used of the um, the father running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was, you know, I googled like prodigal son father, and you know, I was looking for something, and I found out <clears throat> uh, from the guy's website who. Uh, did that drawing or painting. I can't remember what it was. He, it's actually not the prodigal son's father. Oh, no. <laughs> this is great. It's actually uh, Peter and John oh. running to the tomb. Oh. Mm-hmm. But people started using that picture as the prodigal, okay. the prodigal's father that eventually on his website, he's like, I just trimmed it around the father <laughs> and it's, it's essentially like fine if that's what you yeah. want it to be that's what it is <laughs> that's
2: great Yeah, because it is such a great imagery yeah. the yeah, joy yeah. the running towards his son hmm.
0: i i think that is such an amazing story and tim keller has the book prodigal god oh yeah and i've often told people i think that's one of the best explanations of the gospel mm. is in that book um yeah. prodigal god and how he he just talks about like he said the father and then you have the, the younger son who rebels, and then mm-hmm. you have the older son who yeah, right. is a legalist. Yeah, And mm-hmm. how uh, Tim Keller really challenges us to look at ourselves through the lens of the, right. the older mm-hmm. um, brother yeah. for those of us who have been around religion for a while.
2: Yeah. I uh, had a chance to go to Israel. Actually, Brad led the trip oh, last yeah. summer. Yeah, yeah. so uh, was We were at a town, and we were talking about the prodigal son and the father at this particular town. And just looking at how they lived together in community and how this son's leaving would have brought a lot of shame Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. the family. And just we don't see it in that context. But standing in that city and seeing how people lived together and the wall around and just the shared common resources that they had. So him taking his inheritance and leaving was was deeply wounding for his father. And so the way Brad explained it when we're standing there in the very hot sun – For the son to come back, the only way he could be welcomed back is if the father ran out. And Mm -hmm. what a sacrifice it was for the Mm -hmm. father to do that, to publicly run out and welcome the son. And I'll never forget that imagery of just what it cost the father Mm. to welcome the son back. And then thinking of that as God the father welcoming us back.
0: Wow. And um, my kids are 12 and 15 right now. Mm -hmm. And I just put in my own notes as you were teaching that, like, what kind of father am I? Am I the one mm. who, when they do something, is going to be like, no, they need to come apologize for that? Yeah. Or am I the one who's like, I'm seeking to actively restore wow. in the midst of, um, am I going to offer grace? It's, it's Jeff's grace in, grace out, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be mm-hmm. the type of person who the father came running after me and welcomed me back? And so I want to be the type of father yeah. who runs after my kids and welcomes them back mm-hmm. no matter what they thoughts. do. So, All right. Well, we talked about... uh the three kind of main points what we want, where we go, and how to get back. But what mm-hmm. didn't make it into the sermon this week?
1: Oh man, there was a lot of stuff that didn't make it in because, like <laughs> I jokingly said, it was about four hours long. Um, you know, there was a we we tackled James 4 1 through I guess 10, but we didn't even read all the verses, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, one of them that we didn't read was. Um, The end of verse two, well, I'll just read verse two. You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. We talked about that. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. And we just talked about unmet desires, Mm -hmm. things that you want that you're not getting. But then uh, we did not read this. You do not have because you do not ask God, and just how, you know, sometimes we, we don't Think to go to God with the things that we desire most. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think that God wants to hear from us. I mean, he obviously knows, but to go to him as a father and and just to say, you know, this is something that's really important to me, uh, something that I really want, whether it's a, uh, you know, uh, a really good desire or not, but just, uh, you know, I'm feeling this. And so I'm just bringing it to you. Uh, But then also verse three, when you ask you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that could Mm -hmm. have been a whole point in the sermon just about how so often, um, we're chasing after things because, uh, well, it's just very self oriented. I want this. This is for me. This is to spend on myself and how Jesus calls us to this whole other way of living where it's, you know, you first and sacrificial love. And, uh, so there was a lot there, but again, uh, it's not great to preach for an hour, so <laughs> you gotta figure <laughs> out what to leave what to leave. What out. if you
0: preach three different sermons? What if you do a Saturday Ooh, night sermon, off. a nine yeah. o'clock sermon and then an eleven o'clock sermon, oh, then you could get all this stuff
2: in.
1: Man, I hesitate to tell you that it takes me all day Saturday just to <laughs> memorize the one, so I don't know if I have the energy for that. Uh,
2: that concept of you know, asking in prayer, and when you ask, you don't receive because you spend on your pleasures. It reminds me of something I read in Psalms this week, and it was in Psalm thirty-seven, two and 3. It says, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord, Mm. and he will give you the desires of your heart. Mm. Oh, yeah. And thinking about desire and trusting in the Lord, it's not that God will give you everything you want, Mm -hmm. but as we turn to him, as we trust him and we take delight in him, yeah. I've come to see he shapes my desires to match his Is part of that relationship. Mm -hmm. And then he's a good good God who likes to give good gifts, but he gives it not so we can spend it on our pleasures, but matching his desires. So that just kind of came to mind as that reminder of, well, how do we do that? Turn to him, trust, and truly taking delight in God. And then he shapes that desire.
1: Yeah. And everything that we truly want at the core really is found in him. Mm -hmm. That's another... uh, as you were reading that, that's what came to mind for me. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it actually, if I can move, uh, it, it brings to mind something else I left out, Yeah, um, mm-hmm. which was, uh, okay, where is this? Uh, it has to do with God's jealousy, which mm-hmm. can be a challenging subject. So this would come from that point in the sermon where it was like, you adulterous people and kind of the cheating on God, adultery with God. And a part that we skipped over was verse 5, where James says, or do you not think... Scripture says, without reason, that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us. And so it's talking about God's jealousy, Mm -hmm. which um, jealousy is like a bad word, I think, in our culture, because usually it's like insecure, needy, you know, jealousy is not good. But um, to kind of wrestle with like, why would God be jealous for us? And I think it has to do with what you were just saying, in that uh, he knows that uh, the desires he put within us, I mean, they are designed to be met in him mm-hmm. and in his way. And that's where life is found. And so if God wasn't jealous for our faithfulness, that would actually be unselfish mm-hmm. and actually unloving, mm-hmm. which is kind of a mind-breaking mm-hmm. thought that, you know, he, he wants us to seek after him because that's what's good for us. So it's actually a, it's a very interesting thought. It's, it's a love-oriented Holy jealousy, I guess I don't know how to say it, but anyway, that was another thing that um, would have been great, I think, but just didn't didn't mm-hmm. go there.
2: There's
0: it's interesting because it's hard to understand that if we were just reading reading through, I think if I was just reading through James 4 or five, I, would be like, I don't quite understand what this means mm-hmm. And I, it's interesting that even the NIV translators, when you look down at the footnote, they have two different ways you could say that to like to get yeah. around this idea. It's like, or that the spirit he caused to dwell in us envies intensely, yeah. where it's like the spirit inside of us envies yeah. for our attention and they give another one. Well, maybe that doesn't make enough sense. So here's yeah. a third one or that the spirit he caused to dwell in us longs jealously. Mm, yeah. And so it's like, here's how Confusing. we're trying to render this phrase mm. in the Greek in different ways that help people understand that jealous aspect of God.
1: Yeah yeah for me it also helps bridge the two testaments Mm -hmm. because i think a lot of times we're very comfortable with jesus and Mm -hmm. the god of the new testament if you will and then the god of the old testament although it's the same god it's kind of like that that one sounds like vindictive and scary and 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 you would be more likely to run into god being jealous in the old testament oh yeah in terms of language Mm -hmm. but for me this kind of bridges why was God jealous for his people's faithfulness in the Old Testament? Well, it's the same reason, mm-hmm. because uh, life is found in him. And so what God really wanted for his people, Israel, was uh, their blessing and you know good for them. And that would be found in faithfully following him and not just doing whatever they wanted. And so it really helps bridge um, the two testaments for me.
2: And when you think of you mentioned you know he uses marriage language language here with the adulterous people and you think yeah. of jealousy in a marriage you know yeah. you're jealous for their affection that's a healthy good holy jealousy of no right. we, we belong to each other exclusively no one else yeah and so using that marriage language which is how god describes his relationship with the people from the beginning mm-hmm. of their his bride and that's all throughout the old testament yeah. and ultimately it's how they end up in exile because they had been adulterous; yeah. they had turned to other idols fulfilling their desires elsewhere and that language is just throughout the old testament of his jealousy and using that yeah. marriage type language
1: yeah, especially in uh, Hosea, mm-hmm. What a vivid picture of uh, of God's yeah. faithfulness and just the adultery of Israel. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: and it, and yet even in the backdrop of all of that, God still pursues. He's still mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the Father running after yeah. and and willing to accept and just saying, "I just want your faithfulness. I just want your faithfulness. I just want your trust. I just want to be your one and only." Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of the story of the Bible. Yeah, God's looking for people who will be his people.
1: Yeah.
2: Wow. Yeah, and it really, it starts in Exodus 19. It's There's this formal moment yeah. where there's a covenant yep. made. Like, mm-hmm. we talk about the covenant of marriage today. It's really our probably most vivid picture mm-hmm. in modern times. And they, they have this formal conversation <laughs> where he says, I want you to be my people, yeah. and here right. are the terms. And they're like... We're, we, in. we're in we'll do yeah. it all yeah. <laughs> and then you know a few chapters later yeah. they've got a golden calf but <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. but it just jumped out of the fire it
2: just jumped out of the fire <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a whole you're... other story but there's you know this wasn't a surprise it shouldn't have been a surprise to them there's you know there was this powerful moment on mount sinai where god comes and he says i will make you out of all the things, people on earth i will make you my treasured possession mm-hmm. uh, and what incredible that is that god would come in that yeah. way and want people that way
1: yeah wild it's,
0: it, this is, I think what we talk about when we talk about the gospel, isn't something we should ever get over or just mm-hmm. move beyond. Yeah. It's because the more we find out about the gospel and who God is and his character and his rescuing nature, his, his redeeming nature, it should just, we should start to see it all just come together and be more awed by it instead of being like, oh yeah, Jesus died on the cross for mm-hmm. my sins. Yeah. You know, I trust in him and now I'm good to go. Yeah. It's like, no, the more we get into God's word, it just should just be like, oh my goodness, this is yeah. amazing.
1: Just knocks you over. Mm -hmm. See it
0: over and over again. All right. What else? Anything else you wish you would included?
1: Uh, Things I would. You know, it's interesting. uh, James quotes a proverb um, in verse six. uh, When I'll just read it, but he gives us more grace. I love Mm -hmm. that part, by the way. Uh, He gives us more grace, and then the verse continues. That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble and uh i think it's important to point out you know james reads like a proverb in a lot of ways and here he is quoting a proverb and uh just a reminder uh as i'm reading my bible there's this little italicized c after that god opposes the proud and it leads you down to the footnotes where it points out you know this is from proverbs uh Mm 334 so um It is possible, especially with a a decent Bible that has footnotes, to to make a lot of these connections on your own. You know, it's not like uh, I'm a super genius or know the Bible like backward and forward. It, you know, a lot of times it's like, oh, what's that in the footnotes? And then just follow the trail back Mm -hmm. to, um, and then to read that proverb, there might be something there that's Mm -hmm. a deeper connection, you know? So um, it's just a good reminder to uh, pay attention to those details in the text. Yeah,
0: I think the Bible I had growing up, it had them in the center column. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, the three yeah, column. Yeah. Yeah. And uh,
1: but yeah, that wouldn't be a footnote. That's like a
2: what is that even? I... Center note. A center note. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> funny. It's a good reminder too, though. Do that. That's great Bible study to mm-hmm. look up those cross references when those show up, because a lot of times the author assumes you know the whole right. story. Mm-hmm. And I think we talked about this in a previous podcast. You know, when he was referencing Abraham and Isaac, go and read the whole story because they're just quoting part of it. Now, it might be different with a proverb, but even seeing that proverb in the context Mm -hmm. of its chapter, what's before and after it, you get a deeper understanding of what James is trying to say. So
1: it's a great reminder. That's especially true with Jesus. When Jesus is teaching, he's got these little uh, references, Mm -hmm. and they're all Jewish people. And so they all knew when he, you know, quoted something what that meant and we don't always know. And there's a lot of connections that Jesus uses that are really important that you kind of have to follow the trail. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: All right. Well, is there anything you wish you could have spent more time talking about?
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, there always is, but this week, uh, probably having to do with the sin nature. So Mm -hmm. in the first point, just about the desires that we have. And by the way, we all have a sin nature. Um, I wanted to, in an early version of the sermon, I wanted to take everybody to Romans 7 because what happens there is, uh, you know, Paul wrote Romans, and he is talking about kind of how he wrestles with the sin nature. Um, and let am see if I can find it here. Uh, oh, where would it be? Well, he's talking about... Uh, he, he's wrestling with, and you might be familiar with the passage where he's like, I do uh, what I want to do, I don't do, mm-hmm. and the good that I uh, should do, I can't. And um, I just think it's really helpful uh, to think about Paul, the mm-hmm. great apostle Paul, yeah. you know, like a spiritual giant. And here he is kind of at the height of his ministry writing the book of Romans, which is like the theological treatise of the New Testament, you know, and he just admits like, I, I'm struggling with this. Um, because we all have a sin nature, uh, and so I think there's kind of like, oh yeah, uh, me too. And then also, um, it just uh, points out that this is something that we're all going to deal with for mm-hmm. our, our, the entirety of our lives. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's reassuring on the one hand, like, oh man, even Paul wrestled with that. And on the other hand, it's like, oh shoot, Paul wrestled with that. Right. <laughs> you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think that's verses uh, 18 to 20 there in the middle of that chapter. There we go. And if you look at Romans 6, 7, and 8, some of the most crucial, I think, chapters in the Bible for understanding mm-hmm. our sin nature and the power of mm-hmm. it. I had a Bible teacher once say that if there were two chapters in the whole Bible that every Christian should memorize, it would uh, be Romans 6 and Romans 8. Oh, yeah. But 7 is a good tie yep, in there. Mm-hmm, yep, and so I remember yep. doing that in college, I think, working to memorize oh, wow. you know, 6 and yeah. 8. And because it's so, it, he talks about, you know, should we, in six, should we keep on sinning so grace yeah. can increase? I think yep. my new King James was God forbid. yeah <laughs> right, right. <Yep>. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then seven, <laughs> he talks about the wrestle, the struggle, yeah. you know, but then eight, you get to the Holy Spirit yep. and that's where the victory comes from, yep. that we yep. can't do it on our own. And so th- those three chapters just do such a great job yep. of following that thought through. That's
1: good. And that was another, speaking of the Holy Spirit, that was another thing that, um, maybe should have been in the in the sermon. Because when you talk about the desires that battle within you, you got your sin nature, you got the aspects of you that, you know, you do have good desires in there. And then there's also, if you are a, a follower of Christ, there is the influence of the Spirit, mm-hmm. you know, and learning to recognize the the voice of the Spirit or the prompting of the Spirit um, or, you know, a concept I remember uh, from kind of growing in my faith in high school is just learning to yield to the Spirit, yeah. you know, and so that is an important aspect of this whole desires conversation.
0: I think we wrote a day about that in the Beyond the Weekend for this week.
1: Okay. Yeah. I
0: can't remember exactly what day it was, but um, we'll talk about that. Some in the devotional.
1: Yeah. Awesome. That's good.
0: I, my uh, college professor had us create a like point by point outline of Romans and memorize the whole outline. So oh, we weren't my memorizing into a couple chapters, but um, I ashamedly do not remember the outline (laughs) So um, it happens. It happens.
1: You know, I don't remember, uh, I mean, this whole series, like the backdrop of it is me memorizing James. And I I could not sit here and and read it all off Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. now from the top of my head. But it is interesting when you memorize something like that, it does come to you like kind of when you need it, you know?
2: I think that is so key because when I talk with people about memorizing scripture, and particularly as you get older, which I will claim I'm in that <laughs> camp, I'll own it, <laughs> it gets harder to memorize. Yeah. You know, and. I remember revisiting Romans 6 and 8, you know, within the past few years, thinking, oh, I'll do this again, oh my, this is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> but that is the beauty of it. The struggle is worth it because it becomes like an old friend. Yeah. And mm-hmm. even if you can't remember it word for word, it's there. It's in there. And the Holy Spirit brings it to mind okay. when yeah. you need it. So it's totally worth it. Even though you can't remember it all now, yeah. it right. comes to mind. I'm thankful for Bible search, you know, the search app on the. Search feature on the Bible app. That's right, but it's, it is there when you need it, and you can get the gist of the point of it.
1: So yeah. the moral of the story is: before you get too old, start memorizing some scripture. Yeah. Yes, before it's too late, or it'll be there hard. when you need it.
2: <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. so true. So, and
1: so by the way, too old is what twenty nine, I think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, yes. Um, so yeah. those of you in high school, that's right, and get after it. <laughs> If my kids are scripture. listening, start memorizing.
2: <laughs> but it's not an excuse if you're older than twenty nine <laughs> to not do it.
0: That's right. This this does tie into what Brad was talking about two weeks ago though, with that whole spilling idea. Oh, that was such a good image. You yeah. know, and just think about if there is scripture in you, it has the chance to spill out. Oh yeah. If there's no scripture in you, it's not spilling out probably. You yeah. know, the Holy Spirit yeah, yeah. is he's God, but you know, he usually works with what we already have in us, mm-hmm. and um, there are very few occasions where I feel like the Holy Spirit's giving you something that you haven't already spent some time on. Mm, that's um, good for yeah. the moment. So it's not yeah. spilling out of you if it's not in there, mm-hmm. and that's why we talk so much about the disciplines and, yeah. you know, memorizing Scripture, reading Scripture, studying Scripture, meditating on Scripture, is because we want to get that stuff down inside of us so that. That's what spills out of us instead of curse words. And other yeah. things when <laughs> right, our right. kids do random things or when you're at work and something bad happens mm-hmm. to you or, you know. Yeah. God's word, not curse words. That's the takeaway. <laughs> That's our new phrase. Even yeah. Lewis's mantra. <laughs> That's right. There <laughs> we go. So. Um well, we have a a story that someone sent in. Uh it was a couple weeks ago, but it was sent in as a question and just um how something clicked for somebody. And I okay. want to kind of share that. We've had it in our list um, for a few weeks now, but somebody sent it in and I think it was from one of your sermons, Aaron, but said your sermon reminded me of a musing I had while watching my kids play outside. They were young, just two and three, and we lived in a snow slow neighborhood with little traffic. As we played the afternoon, they were both continually drawn to the road wanting to play. It was smooth and wide, perfect for riding a bike without the cracks of the driveway or narrow edges of the sidewalk. It went on a long way, perfect for throwing a ball as far as you could. It was the perfect, giant, unblemished canvas for the chalk art they were so industrious about creating. Over and over, they asked to play on the road. Over and over, I said no. My refusal was met with tears and anger, the kind only a toddler can deliver, <laughs> and defiance. But I knew how dangerous the road was, even if they didn't believe me and if, even if we hadn't seen a car all afternoon. My rules weren't there to ruin their fun. They were to keep them safe and teach them safe habits. So it made me wonder, with God, our loving Father, and me, the headstrong child, what roads do I keep trying to play in?
1: That's good, right there. That would that would preach. That, that would preach.
2: <laughs> Just think how often I've been though. But why? Why don't see anything wrong with it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But how often we hear people say, you know, well, I don't. I don't want to follow god quite yet because i want to have my fun first mm-hmm. like that's a really common yeah. you know, phrase i just want to have my fun first you know thinking that god's just out to ruin all our fun right but really he's got your best in mind yeah, yeah. but
1: Such the road a... makes me
0: happy right <laughs> well i heard someone say this week that that's not the judge of the right or wrong thing we can't invent our own truth and we mm. can't just do what makes us happy there it is so yeah i i think as we go through this you know we've titled this sermon make it real And every sermon title, whether people realize it or not, is faith and something. Yeah. It's like faith and deed, faith and works, faith and words. Um, And it's this idea that kind of back to what you said with jealousy, God has our best interests at mind. Mm -hmm. And um, if we can align our character and our desires, we'll start to see that more because we're going to want the same things for our life that God wants for us. But we can often be like the toddler pitching a fit Mm -hmm. in the driveway. Yep. You know?
1: I'm, just for me, I think the, the best synonym for faith is the word trust. Mm. It's just, you know, mm. God has asked us to trust him, his character and his uh, commands. And uh, that's really what it comes down to. That's what faith is. It's I'm yeah. going to choose to trust this, even though uh, it doesn't maybe in the moment make total sense to me mm. or even it's not even what I'm desiring the most, but I'm choosing to trust that you're good, that you're for me and that this is the path to life. That's what faith is.
2: Yeah. And you can't trust someone you don't know. Yeah. Mm. And I think that's key too is where we keep coming back to knowing scripture, being in scripture, the more you are in it, not only does it fill you and that will be what spills out, but you will know God's character and see how he has worked over time and be able to identify that in your own life.
0: That's good. good. All right. We got, I think we got time for a question. Okay. Um, question says, I fear I often abuse God's grace. Intellectually knowing that he will run for me with more grace after I've fallen and returning and return to him makes the falling itself easier. Therefore, I'm less likely to put up a good fight. How can I fix this?
1: Hmm.
2: I love that someone asked this question mm-hmm. and that level of honesty. Yeah. Like, if we could have that level of honesty in our yeah. relationships with <clears throat> each other and in our small mm-hmm. groups, how much more we would grow. Mm-hmm. To be like, I don't, I, I don't get this, or I struggle, or I don't want to get this. I just, I want to say to that person, so good, like keep asking those questions and that's a great first step. And just even that self-awareness of, Oh, I see this yeah. in myself. The self-awareness is a huge first step. And then, okay, I want to change. Like yeah. those two things you've yeah. are, you're already on the path yep. you've started. Yep. So I just want to encourage that in all of us. That that's a great place to start.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the, like you're saying, even just asking the question, I think to me reveals a level of faith yeah. and trust. Because if that wasn't there, you wouldn't even ask the question. Mm-mm. You don't care. It's like, well, God's going to forgive me, so whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you you would go, ah, you know, I want to be careful here, understanding that we're going to get it wrong mm-hmm. quite a bit.
0: Yeah, I think you know, if I were to say, <clears throat> the end of this question is how can I fix this? Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe realizing the stakes are higher than we think they are. Mm-hmm. Hmm. That like your the future of our heart is at risk here. And you look at the story of the Old Testament, right? God, okay, I'm coming back for you. Okay, I'm coming back for you, Israel. I'll rescue you from that. Okay, I'm coming back for you, I'll rescue you from that. Okay, I'll come back for you, rescue you for that. Okay, it's time for exile. Mm-hmm. You know, like there is a point, and it's God's grace is abundant, but there is a point where the consequences of the things that we choose to ignore from God. Um, they will catch up with us. Mm-hmm. And um, we talk about how following God's way brings us to life, following the way of the world brings us to death. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that often is like, I need to rephrase God's way or my way in a life or death thing and say, okay, this the risk here is death. I might mm-hmm. not feel it right away, um, but I, I think there are some consequences to mm-hmm. kind of pushing the Holy Spirit down uh, when we know that too.
2: It reminds me of, I think last week you brought up the topic of the mortification of sin, of putting sin to death in yeah. our life. And th- this really is that same conversation of putting sin to death, not just letting it go. And that's where Romans six that we mentioned earlier, that whole chapter, Paul describes that restless isn't a new challenge or struggle yeah. for believers. He talks about that and he talks about, don't you know, that when you died with Christ, when you were, he talked about baptism, uses that imagery. Your old life was put to death Mm. and you've been raised to a new life. And then he gives some things in there. I think it's in um, verse 16. Don't you know that? Don't you know? So, know that when you offer, like that willingly, you're offering yourself Mm. to someone as obedient slaves, you're slaves to the one you obey, whether slave to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. And he's Mm. like, you're called to not be a slave to sin anymore. Mm. You have that freedom. And so choosing to partner with God's work and the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So I think it's one, knowing, yeah. you know, paying attention. So that awareness uh, of what, what we're offering ourselves to, Know we have a choice, and then just continually turning to God. Like, I want to be not a slave to sin, but a slave to righteousness yeah. and obedience.
1: Yeah.
0: And it can be really hard to do it on our own.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't think we're at called to do it on our own. Right. First of all, we're called to do it, like, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Right. But also, God has given us other people. Mm -hmm. And to get back to the question, I think, okay, how do I stop doing this? I think there's been seasons of my life where when something has kind of set me off and I felt like I'm heading down a different path, whether that's relationally with somebody or um, some kind of temptation, um, I have had a person I called. There was one person I would call actually just had lunch with him on Friday. It was great to spend some time with them again. I, But this person I would call on the way home from work when I was like, I need to be in a better place when I get home than I am right now. Mm-hmm. And so I I haven't found a success always in this just doing it myself. Yeah. I Enlisting other godly people. Often people are, uh, this person I had lunch with, I'm trying to do some math real quick. I think he's... 15 years older than me, you know, so it wasn't mm-hmm. even a peer, but it was like, a, a, I call him a mentor, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just finding somebody who will walk that with you and support you and encourage you and hold you accountable yeah, that's mm-hmm. huge. has so been big good. for me. Yeah.
2: I have uh, two friends. They're all out of state. We're all in ministry and we have a prayer group. We've done okay. this for probably eight or nine years and we do it on video app you know, where we record little videos and send, it's like video text messaging. And we, we submit our prayer requests each week and then we get on and we pray out loud. Mm -hmm. And there's something about hearing your trusted friends praying for you out loud. And we've seen God answer prayers. We've walked through some really hard things together, but yeah, not doing it alone and having some history with people where you're that level of honest and praying for each other. It's just been, you know, incredible to see how God builds our faith. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we are
0: running short on time, but Aaron, what is a quick preview for what we'll be learning about this coming weekend, and is there a passage we could read ahead of time?
1: Oh, yeah, I'm excited about this one. Um, So the passage would be uh, mostly the first uh, couple verses of uh, James 5, but also the very end of chapter 4, Um, just a quick sales pitch, elevator pitch for the sermon. Uh, We live in probably the most affluent culture ever, Mm -hmm. and um, there's some just huge benefits to that. Um, I mean, I love our culture and all the opportunities that we have, but there's some incredible dangers yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I could uh, summarize a sermon, it's basically how to um, navigate consumer culture without losing your soul. Mm. And so James has some really great advice and some challenge for us and just really practical stuff. So looking forward to unpacking that with everybody. Wait, you
0: said that really fast. How to navigate consumer culture without losing your soul. That's right. That's good. I think I need to be there for that one. So, Thank you. All right. So James 4, 13 through 5, 6. Mm -hmm. Um, Read that ahead and spend some time with that. Um, Get that inside of you so it might bubble out if you're bumped into.
1: By the way, that's one of those gut punch passages. I mean, it's really intense. So, yeah. Thanks
0: for the heads up on that, too. So, Well, thank you for joining us this week. We pray this conversation was helpful and encourages you to make it real. Just a reminder that you can send in your questions about the sermon. You can go to adabible.info and click on this weekend. I also encourage you to share. uh, If you found this podcast helpful, share it with a friend who you might think it would benefit from it as well. Um, We'll be back next week with another episode. But as we go, I want to remind you of two things Aaron challenged us to do. Uh, The first one was Aaron challenged those of us who are married to have a conversation with our spouse uh, about our needs and our desires. So the first question was what, um, making it clear what your desires are inside a marriage and having a conversation about that. And the second one was um, talking about what do, how do we respond when we don't get what we want? And you gave us one rule, which was don't be defensive. That's right. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say um, a little bit of pastoral advice for this. Mm-hmm. If you find yourself not being able to navigate this conversation, that's a great time to call in a third party. And um, so that could be a marriage mentor. You can reach out to your campus pastors and ask them. Um, They can can get you started on either getting connected with a marriage mentor or a counselor. But the last thing you challenged us with was to do four things, which was to submit, resist, pursue, and repent. And I thought those were very action-oriented steps. So thanks for giving us something that we can really kind of implement in our life right now. So as we head out, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.